I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. We've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates. Our exclusive rate shield approval. First, we lock your interest rate for up to 90 days. Then, if rates go up, your rate stays locked. But if rates go down, your rate drops. Either way, you win. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. Welcome to the Skull King Football Podcast, presented by Box DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin and Ryan Skullrude. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host tonight. Uh, Justin Scalver doing a solo episode with you guys tonight. And before we get too far uh, into the episode, we do want to ask that you guys uh, subscribe to us uh, and our channel on YouTube and iTunes. Feel free to leave uh, comments there. Uh, rate us as well. That really helps out the show. Uh, gets us a little bit more visibility to move up in those iTunes rankings. You can also like us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Instagram is Skull King Football. Facebook is the Skull King Football uh, as well. And then Twitter, Ryan's Twitter handle is uh, Skull King Ryan. My Twitter handle is Skull King Justin. And so we've got a great episode for you guys tonight. We're going to go over the Thursday night game and the uh, gloriousness that it was the second half and now ending the drought of the winless streak uh, or the, uh, yeah, Games without a win, because they didn't get a tie, but uh, games without a win for Cleveland is now over. A, a turn of the regime has happened now, uh, but we'll get into that in a second. Uh, we'll cover some news and notes, and then get into the rest of the matchups, and then uh, do a little bit of a tidbit on the Monday night game. Uh, and so here we go. So uh, getting into uh, the Thursday night game, it was really a tale of two different halves. Uh, Sam Darnold kind of played... Uh, the same throughout, and really struggled. Um, Cleveland has had an underrated pass defense. Uh, Sam Darnold finished uh, 15 completions on 31 attempts, uh, two interceptions, and uh, an interception late in the fourth quarter that really um, kind of ended the game. I think the, the game was done just before that, but a desperation pass down the left side to try and move the ball uh, down the field uh, to get something uh, in under 30 seconds. But, uh, but really, the story for the Jets uh, was that uh, Isaiah Crowell, in his first game back into Cleveland, uh, was previously with Cleveland the last couple of years, uh, did okay in the first half. In terms of yardage, not really that much. Uh, but he did get two touchdowns. Uh, did get a 15-yard penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct for his uh, wiping his rear end. Uh, with football and then throwing it to Cleveland fans. So that automatically drew a 15-yard penalty. Um, but other than that, there wasn't really much in, in terms of the passing game. The, the story really for Cleveland was that in the first half, Taylor, Tyrod Taylor went 4 for 14, got up slow. Really the offense was rather anemic. Um, not much. They were slow to the line. They were stacking the box against... Carlos Hyde, um, he couldn't hit the broadside of the barn. Um, he did run 
for 22 yards, which is what Taylor does, but uh, goes into the, the, the blue tent after sustaining an injury. Rumors are that it could have been a concussion, those types of things. Uh, but Baker Mayfield comes in, marches the, uh, the team down the field. Or sorry, the, the field, uh, yeah, the team down the field uh, and, and puts the ball in play for a field goal. Brown's kicker finally makes a field goal. Uh, and uh, they get three points before the half. And then in the second half, you saw Baker Mayfield really electrify the Cleveland Browns offense. Uh, Carlos Hyde was able to bust up uh, a couple of runs, get two uh, touchdowns there on the goal line. Jarvis Landry uh, did a good job of, of getting loose. He's going to be heavily targeted. Callaway was the second highest targeted uh, receiver. Landry with 15 and Callaway with 10. Uh, Landry ended Ends the game with eight receptions, 103 yards, which is 18 points in PPR, uh, but got a bump because he was the one that threw the two-point conversion uh, to Baker Mayfield. And so that really rounds out the game. I think that this is really the the turning point for Tyrod Taylor's career. I, I don't see him starting any game for the rest of the season unless something were to happen to Baker. I've been a big advocate of Tyrod Taylor because I loved what he was able to do from a fantasy perspective uh, in Buffalo. He was not a high draft value, but he was a very streamable quarterback in Buffalo. Thought he could do it a little bit uh, in Cleveland with some better weapons. Um, But really right now, after Baker leads them to their first win in in all uh, 600-plus days, it's Baker. At this point, um, they would be fools to put anybody else in. And so uh, you also saw a little bit of involvement uh, from Ninjoku. I think uh, the offense is just going to be that much better with Baker in there. Uh, he doesn't hold the ball for forever, releases the ball. They no longer could stack the box because Mayfield could hit the receivers. So it really opened up the offense. And so Congratulations, Cleveland. You are now no longer uh, the laughing stock of the NFL. You did get a win finally, and so you're now 1-1-1. One, one, and one. So congratulations. Today's headlines. Now on to uh, the news and notes so far of the day. Uh, Evan Ingram with his ankle injury was practicing again today. Uh, moving on to the Ravens, Alex Collins, who missed Wednesday's practice because of an illness, uh, was on the field running routes, catching passes before individual drills. This likely ends any question about his availability for Sunday's game. Uh, yesterday's episode, we talked about how if Alex Collins was not going to be on the field, Buck Allen was not a start, um, but that we thought that Alex Collins was about 50-50. This now confirms that Alex Collins will be playing on Sunday and is uh, kind of a mid to low round RB2 in PPR. And so um, moving on to some Colts news. Uh, At Colts headquarters, um, there was a list of players not practicing today, including T.Y. Hilton, Marlon Mack, uh, and Jack Doyle. Some pretty significant names in terms of the offense. Um, I, I suspect that it's just an extra day of rest. I see T.Y. Hilton, Marlon Mack, uh, and Jack Doyle all playing. So 
uh, and I, I have them ranked accordingly. And we'll get into rankings here in just a second. Uh, moving on, Julio Jones insists he's fine. This is one of those things we talk about over the last couple of years that Julio Jones will miss practices throughout weeks. Um, it, you, you don't have to worry about Julio. He will play. He's going to be nicked and dinged up. Um, he has lower leg issues, uh, but that won't, excuse me, that won't prevent him from playing on Sunday, especially this week. Uh, Marcus Mariota was practicing again on Thursday. This is great news for Corey Davis owners, uh, for Dion Lewis owners, uh, because if Blaine Gabbert was going to be the quarterback again, that offense was going to look putrid and struggle uh, once again. Uh, moving on to the Patriots. Uh, Rob Gronkowski was added to the team's practice report injury list with an ankle injury. He was limited in practice. Uh, all signs still point for him to be uh, fully a go. Uh, Josh Gordon, hamstring, remain limited. Once again, this is not an issue uh, to, to really be concerned about. I don't see Gordon being that involved in this first week with New England, uh, so it's not that much uh, of, a, of a huge issue uh, for me. Uh, I would sit him on the bench just to see. Anyway, they may have him run a couple of routes. He may get a couple of passes but he's not going to be super involved, so he needs to sit on your bench this week. Uh, moving on, uh, Dalvin Cook remained sidelined at practice uh, for Thursday's practice. This is, this is meaningful in that they're playing Buffalo. I don't think they really need him. Um, it would be smart to save him for the rest of the season. Uh, he banged up all last year. Uh, they really liked uh, him, and he's very explosive. And Latavius Murray is a capable back uh, as the backup. So I think going into Buffalo, horrible, horrible team so far this year. I think this game is very winnable without Dalvin Cook. But Dalvin Cook owners need to pay attention over the next two days before Sunday to see what it's going to look like. Um, Thursday, Cole Beasley was added to the Cowboys injury report on Thursday getting in a limited session with his ankle issue. Still, Cole Beasley's not startable for me, unless you're in a much deeper league. Good news for Marquise Goodwin owners. He was at practice on Thursday, uh, as he is looking to try and return from his deep thigh bruise that, uh, that knocked him out in week one. Uh, and then um, that way he can get back on track. Preseason, he is clearly the number one there at San Francisco, ahead of Pierre Garçon. Uh, and so when he's back, uh, he will be instantly in your starting lineup. You don't have to worry about what it's going to look like because he has the chemistry there. Um, and then really the, the, uh, the only other pieces of news were that Tyrod Taylor exited the game, was being evaluated for a concussion. Baker Mayfield came in uh, and then won the game. And so that wraps up our news and notes section. And now we're going to be moving on into the rest of the matchups for the week. We, we left off yesterday, um, finishing off with the San Francisco and Kansas City matchup. And so right now we're going to move on to the, the Oakland Raiders versus the Miami Dolphins. And right now for this matchup, I don't really know what to think about this. This is two teams that Miami Dolphins are 2-0. 
Oakland Raiders are 0-2. I like Miami at home in this game just because they've shown a little bit more. Oakland is still trying to really figure out its own identity, in my opinion, even though uh, they are more or less a run-first offense. But right now for this week, I have Tannehill as my quarterback number 22. Uh, Oakland is the 11th best defense against quarterbacks in fantasy. Once again, there's only two weeks in the season, so we'll see what that looks like for the rest of the season. Drake is a start. I have him as an RB2. And then Kenny Stills and Amendola. Oakland has been okay against the pass so far in fantasy, uh, even though they're 0-2. But Stills had a bad week last week, so that makes me a little bit nervous about his ability this week. I have him as a mid-RB3, and then Amendola is clearly down in that uh, wide receiver four, or sorry, Stills is a wide receiver three, not RB3. Uh, and then Amendola there kind of at the wide receiver four to five range, uh, actually five to six range here. Uh, Carr, not startable unless you're in a much deeper league uh, or you are in a two-quarterback league. Um, Miami is the third best defense against the pass, but once again, this is only the second week in. You need to table that. Um, and uh, it's one of those things that I think Carr can do a few things. Um, look for Jared Cook to be really involved in this game because Miami has not been good against the tight end. Uh, and then look for Lynch to do some stuff on the ground um, because Miami has bled some points to the running back position. So I have Lynch as uh, my running back 17, Cooper and Jordy. Uh, as my wide receiver, 23 and 51, respectively. Miami, uh, a little bit uh, underrated in terms of the uh, pass defense. And so I'm not really uh, excited about this game. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. But if I had to pick uh, more or less an MVP for this game, I would probably go with uh, Marshawn Lynch for Oakland uh, and then uh, Kenyon Drake for Miami in this game. And so – Moving on uh, to the next one. This is Buffalo and Minnesota. This is really the tale of two teams on completely different paths. Buffalo, there's not really a single player on this team that I would feel comfortable starting. Allen is my lowest-ranked starting quarterback for the week, obviously going up against a very, very talented Minnesota defense. McCoy, I've dropped now down to running back 41 Um, which is kind of that lower uh, RB3 range. Look, there's not much here for Buffalo. It's in Minnesota, so they're not going to have to deal with weather. But in looking at these two teams, Minnesota's going to roll in this game. It's not even going to be close. The one thing that I'll say about Minnesota's players is you need to table expectations because Minnesota could get out early ahead in this game, and then you're not going to have much production from some of your star players like a Thielen or a Stephon Diggs or a Kyle Rudolph, much like the Chargers last week against Buffalo where Chargers jumped out early, Gordon had three touchdowns, and then the rest of the game it was kind of, we're not going to try because we're ahead by so much. And so um, really not looking to start any of the Buffalo players. Uh, Kirk Cousins I do have as my – Uh, Quarterback number seven, Cook, 
running back 11. And then Murray I have as my running back 23. Now, the reason why I have Murray so high, one, is that Dalvin Cook already has missed some practice. Um, but also, once again, Minnesota could get out ahead early, and then they rely on Latavius Murray the rest of the game. So Murray could get some goal line work, a bunch of yards late, um, and so I really like Latavius Murray this week. Uh, my rankings may change a little bit closer to Sunday, so be sure to uh, visit our website, SkullKingFootball.com, to get any sort of updated rankings uh, tomorrow, or sorry, Saturday and Sunday morning to get the most up-to-date rankings. Uh, but moving on to the wide receivers, um, Thielen and Diggs I really like in this game. Um, but I don't like them for the whole game because, once again, this game's going to be a barn burner early, and I don't expect much in terms of a passing game in the second half. But what I will say is this. They will probably get up early using the passing game. So you're going to see some points at a Thielen and Diggs in the first half. But if you don't have points in the first half for those guys, I would not expect them to get a lot of work in the second half. Yeah, they'll be on the field. But there's going to be a much heavier run balance in this game and be away from the passing game. And you're not going to get what you had against Green Bay, which was a heavily uh, targeted passing game in order to get back into the game. Uh, Kyle Rudolph I have as my tight end uh, seven because I think he can get some great uh, – goal line work and be productive there. I think he has a bounce back week. And so moving on to our next game, which is Indianapolis versus Philadelphia in Carson Wentz's first game back. Now in this game, I do like Carson Wentz over Andrew Luck. Um, the, the part that concerns me for this game is probably the running back situation. Now Ajayi has missed some practice may not play. Um, it has been indicated earlier in the week Jay Ajayi may miss because of some back problems. I currently have Clement above Ajayi based off of that information. Now, once again, this may change as reports may come out uh, later today on Friday or on Saturday that indicate that Ajayi would play. But I really like Clement in this game. Now, there's a reason he's not the starter. So I would not go crazy and put him into kind of an RB2 slot. I have him just outside of RB2 at number 26. Um, but I really like Aguilar. Uh, Aguilar has uh, eight catches in each of the first two games, heavily targeted, clearly the number one passing option outside of Ertz. Uh, obviously, those two are the two guys. Jordan Matthews was signed but I'm not looking for Jordan Matthews to really be involved all that much uh, this week. I really think that was because Mike Wallace went out with a leg injury, um, and that's really the only reason. The interesting play is that if Jordan Matthews does play, you're looking at Nelson Aguilar moving away from the slot and to the outside because Jordan Matthews is also a slot receiver for all intents and purposes. So, Depending on how that shakes out, Nelson Aguilar may now face uh, some tougher competition uh, rather than facing, say, the nickel, uh, nickelback or the uh, or a linebacker from the slot. 
you're going to see him facing the top two corners from the other side. Um, Zach Ertz, I like in this game as well. Um, currently my tight end number two. Uh, on the other side, from Indianapolis, um, Indianapolis has been a, a pretty solid defense. They've been the seventh against the pass, which is one of the reasons why I have Wentz at 11, um, a little bit further down than some. Once again, it's his first game back. But I would table those expectations because they played Cincinnati and Washington, not exactly two teams that are throwing the ball all over the field. Um, Cincinnati did do that in week two. Uh, with A.J. Green, but not really in week one. Um, Andrew Luck still is not throwing the deep ball very well. Lion is not doing a very good job of protecting. They're not doing very well at the running game. I have uh, Marlon Mack and Wilkins back-to-back at uh, 47 and 48. I don't really expect a lot to come out of the running game uh, in this game against Philadelphia. Philadelphia was exploited in the passing game by Tampa Bay, uh, but I don't see Luck having the Fitzmagic that uh, Fitzpatrick has, so I'm not looking for Luck to have a very good game. That's why I have him as my quarterback 15. If you have other options than Luck, I would start them. I need to see Luck do a little bit more uh, against some better competition before I look to start him against a quality defense like the Eagles. Now, I do have T.Y. Hilton as my wide receiver 15. I think there's uh, the, the ability to catch one deep pass and flash. So that's something that you always have to put into account with T.Y. Hilton. Uh, he could have one catch for 80 yards and a touchdown, which puts you well in the lines of a, of a wide receiver two, wide receiver one in any given week. So you have to respect that, which is why I have him there, because it is a little bit of a wild card. But I don't see him getting 8, 9, 10 catches in this game. And so moving on uh, to tight ends, um, this is where Luck has really focused uh, in the first two games, really throwing a lot to Doyle. uh, And then when he gets down to the red zone, he, he apparently wants to throw it to Ebron. Um, I have Doyle as my tight end nine and Ebron, as my tight end number 15. Uh, Moving on to the Green Bay versus Washington matchup. This is an interesting game. I think uh, Washington is an underrated defense. Um, I think you're going to see two different ways of playing this game. I think the the way that uh, Green Bay does well in this game is they involve the running game more than they have in the first couple of games. Uh, The passing game, Washington is pretty good. Once again, table that expectation, but still we've got to go the numbers that we have um, uh, with Washington being the fourth uh, best defense so far against the pass. But they they did play Arizona uh, and and Bradford who can't throw the ball. But for this week, uh, Rodgers is my quarterback three. Um, I have him at three because I like the options – uh, of, of Tom Brady uh, and Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes is on fire. Tom Brady's playing uh, a horrible uh, Detroit defense. And then so Rodgers comes in at number three. Uh, Jamal Williams, I think he still is the back to have here. Um, I don't see Ty Montgomery or Aaron Jones taking it away from him. 
There are a lot of people who believe that Aaron Jones will take this away already out of the gate. I want to see that for a week before I really put my eggs in the basket of Aaron Jones. But like I said on our waiver wire show earlier in the week, it is very likely that Aaron Jones can do so. Um, So if he's still on waivers, that's a crime. He should be owned in all leagues because he could come back from his two-week suspension and run uh, and be the lead dog in this backfield. Uh, Cobb, Allison, uh, and Jimmy Graham, and and Adams. Adams I have at 11, Cobb at 43, and Geronimo Allison at 46. Uh, Jimmy Graham I have at tight end number six, going up against the 11th best defense from Washington. On the other side, including Washington, uh, once again, I'm really not looking to start uh, in Alex Smith. Now, Green Bay got torched last week by Kirk Cousins in the passing game, and the top two receivers in PPR last week were Diggs and Thielen. So it is, it is plausible that Alex Smith could throw the ball all over the field. I just don't trust Jamison Crowder and Paul Richardson to do that. I think Jordan Reed can be highly involved in this game, which is why I have Jordan Reed at tight end number four. Crowder and Richardson I'm still not too sure on. Kind of a wide receiver four. You need to see them flash something and show you something before you really begin to put them in your roster. Um, Adrian Peterson, I still don't like Adrian Peterson. What you saw last game in his 20 yards on his touches is something that I think you'll see out of this game. Um, Green Bay has been solid against the run, playing uh, pretty solid against Chicago and the great running backs that they have in Trey Cohen and Jordan Howard um, in week one. Chris Thompson will splash. Right now he's the number one receiver uh, in this offense, which is sad because he's a running back. But look for Thompson to have another good game. Uh, Adrian Peterson, I'm not too sure on. Uh, I have him as number 22. So if you've got him on your team, you do have to play him. But once again, um, table your expectations because he's older. He's not as refreshed coming back. So I wouldn't be too excited about his uh, point threshold. But when they get into the goal line, that's where he can vulture some touchdowns. And so moving on to our next game. Next game is the Chargers versus the Rams. This is the uh, Chargers, quote-unquote, going on the road, if you will, uh, to L.A. to the Rams. Ha, ha, ha. They play in L.A., both of them. But uh, right now, as much as I have been high on Rivers so far this season, I'm tempering that this week. Um, Tlaib... And Peters are causing nightmares for other teams. Rivers has been known to be a little bit of a gunslinger and throw the ball into some pretty tight windows, which is why I have Rivers uh, shockingly at 21. Um, This is the best pass defense he's going to face all year. He's lucky he only gets to face him once. Um, But I still like Keenan Allen in this game as my wide receiver nine because Keenan Allen lines up in the slot a lot. Uh, So even though he's going up against the number one pass defense in fantasy, he's not going to be going up against Tlaib. He's not going to be going up against Peters very often unless they begin to move those two guys around. Um, Mike Williams had a good game last week in catching the touchdown, but I have him as my wide receiver 49, which which puts that 
which puts him uh, at that uh, wide receiver four range. So he, he's a flex play possibility with some upside of a touchdown. I just don't see them moving the ball very well in the passing game. Now, Gordon I have as my running back number four because of his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield and his ability to run. He's one of those guys that, like a Todd Gurley, you just have to put at the top because he may not get a lot of touches, but he'll score anyway. Um, Case in point last week, he had less than 80 yards but had three touchdowns and was the second overall fantasy-producing running back for the week. Uh, Eckler is a surprise pick. I think um, much like what we talked about in the – waiver wire show. Uh, I think Eckler can be uh, a very valuable piece in opening up this offense, catching the ball out of the backfield. He can catch it on the wing and not have to deal with trying to run it up the middle through Sue and Donald. Uh, and he's not going to be covered by Talib or Peters. And so, uh, yes, there are other quality defensive players on this Rams defense, but those are the major guys you want to try and avoid as they are the top at their positions. Uh, moving on to the Rams, who I think are going to win this game. Um, Jared Goff, I have as quarterback 18. Could have some upside and some touchdowns, uh, but I need to see a little bit more from Jared Goff. Uh, Todd Gurley, number two, uh, second uh, highest running back for me this week, only behind uh, Alvin Kamara. And that's because Alvin Kamara is getting so much love in the passing game. And so the, uh, the wide receivers uh, of Cooks, Woods, and Cup. Cooks I have a, as a uh, mid-level wide receiver two at number 17. And then Woods and Cup I have right there in that uh, wide receiver, low wide receiver two, wide receiver three range at 30 for Cup and 36 for Woods. They are facing the quote-unquote 20th best uh, defensive backs in fantasy football against wide receivers, but I think you need to table that because they played against Kansas City, who threw the ball over the field. Pat Mahomes is on a tear. Uh, San Diego is a quality defensive backfield. Um, They just had, I think they had just a bad game. And so I think this is going to be a lower-scoring game. I think the Rams are going to win. The Rams are favored in the game. Uh, Moving on to the Chicago versus uh, Cardinals game. So Chicago Bears versus the Arizona Cardinals. Um, This is kind of like that Buffalo uh, versus Minnesota game in that there's a lot of guys I like on one side, not a lot of guys I like on the other. Starting with Arizona, I think with Bradford, you could see potentially uh, Josh Rosen appear maybe in this game or uh, next week. I think much like with Cleveland where there's a little bit of frustration. Now, granted, it was sped up in Cleveland because Tyrod Taylor was evaluated for a concussion. But um, uh, Bradford has been horrible so far this year. I have him as quarterback 30, not playable. Uh, David Johnson is one of those players that I think uh, Chicago is going to stack the box against. David Johnson has not really been utilized for his skill set so far. And I think 
they need Arizona needs to do some changes. Now they've talked about moving him to the slot. I think you just need to get him the ball in space. Um, sweeps. Um, maybe some screen passes. Dump it off to the wing. Those types of things is where David Johnson can get the ball in space and make people miss. Uh, he is going up against the best rush defense so far, which is why I have the incredible talent that David Johnson is as my running back 12 this week. Larry Fitzgerald banged up a little bit. Uh, Chicago has been beat in the air, and that's how you beat Chicago. Um, so I have Larry Fitzgerald at 19, but once again, he's banged up, so I'm not really putting him in that high wide receiver two range, which is where you probably drafted him. And then Ricky Seals-Jones, not playable, tight end 20. Uh, on the other side, Trubisky, number 24 for quarterbacks. You're not playing him either. I think one of the things that uh, I have been frustrated myself as a Trey Burton owner is the lack of trust or the lack of chemistry, perhaps, between Trubisky and Trey Burton. Trey Burton I have as my tight end number 10 this week, going up against an exploitable defense. I mean, Arizona is bad on both sides of the ball. So I'm looking for a great game from Jordan Howard because uh, Arizona has gotten down early in games and then teams have just run on them. They've placed, they faced uh, Adrian Peterson in week one. They faced Todd Gurley in week two. And they've just get, they have just gotten battered uh, over the head. I look for Jordan Howard to have a great game. I look for Tariq Cohen to have an okay game. They're not really using Tariq Cohen as much as they did last year. Um, but I have Tariq Cohen uh, right now as a as my uh, running back 44, uh, mid running back uh, four, deeper leagues, potentially a flex play with some upside uh, as Arizona, once again, is really bad. Uh, Allen Robinson has been the, the target machine for Trubisky. So I have him as my wide receiver 25, facing the 11th, quote-unquote, 11th best defense uh, against the pass in Arizona. But once again, teams are running all over the field against Arizona, so I would table my expectations of Allen Robinson, but still look for him to get 9 to 13 targets, probably 7 to 8 catches, 80 yards is is well within his wheelhouse. I have Chicago winning this game uh, by seven uh, at minimum, even on the road in Arizona. Uh, moving on to the Dallas Cowboys versus the Seattle Seahawks. This game uh, is really against what I believe are two bad teams. Um, Dak Prescott doesn't scare you now that he doesn't have anybody to throw to. And no, Cole Beasley is not a number one wide receiver. I thought Michael Gallup would, would be a little bit more involved. Alan Hearns hasn't really been that involved either. They've been a run-first offense and very, very reliant on Ezekiel Elliott. Now, you've got one of the best running backs in the league, so go with it. Um, I have Elliott as my, uh, as, sorry, as my running back three, uh, but Seattle has been pretty good against the defense or sorry, pretty good against the run uh, in their defensive scheme. They they held Jordan Howard. Um, they did get exploited by the two rookies in week one in Royce Freeman uh, and Lindsey. Uh, but once again, a better running back they were able to hold uh, in Jordan Howard. Um, but Dak Prescott, quarterback 25, not really anybody to throw to. Deakley Elliott, 
running back number three. On the other side, I am a little less than impressed with Russell Wilson right now. He's having to force it. He's really the only player on the offense, really, um, that's, that is of value. Um, Carson has not done or has not followed suit with how he has splashed in the preseason. He was the talk of off-season training camp, but we haven't seen it. It, it was very suspicious that uh, he didn't play in the second half against Chicago, quote-unquote, winded from special teams play. Um, Carson and Penny, if you're going to be Dallas, you're probably going to do it on the ground. So, But I just don't trust Carson or Penny. Carson is, is running back 38, Rashad Penny running back 53. Um, not, I would not feel comfortable playing either one. I'm definitely not playing Penny. Uh, but Carson, deeper leagues, maybe a flex play. But other than that, I'm going to try and put him on my bench. Um, Tyler Lockett I have as wide receiver 29. This is the player that if Russell Wilson is going to be throwing, it's going to be to these next two guys. It's going to be to Lockett or it's going to be to Disley. Those are the two guys that it's really been to. Brandon Marshall has been involved when they need a first down or kind of towards the goal line. But other than that, they're not really using him to move the ball down the field because he can't really get the separation anymore because he's older and slower, like a Demarius Thomas. Um, Tyler Lockett still has the speed over the middle, can be exploited deeper on ball on, on the deep ball against defense. Uh, I like Tyler Lockett in this game uh, as the wide receiver 29 for the week, uh, kind of that uh, wide receiver three-ish range. And then Disley. I have him just outside of a tight end one. Uh, number 13 for tight ends this week. Now, there's a reason why I have him this high. Once again, we've talked about him for the last two weeks on the waiver Wire show. He could have four touchdowns right now and clearly be the tight end one. Right now, he's tight end three with 32 points. Back-to-back weeks with a touchdown uh, in week one. Had the pass been slightly lower, would have been a second touchdown in week two, slightly higher, would have been a touchdown, and he could have had four. But right now, three catches in each game, 105 in the first, 42 in the second, and a touchdown in both games. So, once again, Seattle will use the tight end. I like Disley. Great uh, run blocker, so he's going to be on the field a lot. This is not like a Jimmy Graham from last year where he's a detriment to the running game. He's going to be involved throughout the game and is a great play at tight end. If you're looking for a streamable option or you're in a deeper league and you didn't really grab a great tight end. Uh, on to the last game that we're going to cover, New England versus Detroit. Um, this is really going to be a high-scoring game, the late Sunday game at 520 kickoff uh, Pacific Standard Time. But New England, Brady's going to do what Brady does. Uh, as much as I have more or less poo-pooed Tom Brady. I think that's going to come the rest of the season. Once again, Tom Brady struggled weeks 4 through 13 last year. We're still going to be in week 3, so he's still fresh enough from the offseason. Uh, have him as my uh, quarterback, too. Once again, he's also playing a rather poor defense uh, in the Detroit Lions. 
Um, the backfield for New England, as horrible as the Detroit Lions are in being exploited by the Jets and the 49ers in the running game in the first two weeks, I just don't trust uh, any particular running back in this backfield. The one that I trust the most is probably James White because he's clearly been the go-to guy in the passing game so far. Rex Burkhead, Sony Michelle are all kind of in this quandary. I have White as my uh, running back 31. I'm, I'm giving a little bit of, a, of, of love to Burkhead over Sony Michelle uh, as Burkhead should be back this week. Uh, Burkhead's my running back 30, White's 31, and Sony Michelle is 43. So, Burkhead's playable. White's playable. I would I leave, I would leave Sony Michelle uh, there on your bench. And then when it comes to the wide receiver game, Detroit has elusively been a top eleven team, uh, but that's because they've been horrible in the run. And so I think uh, Brady will exploit that on the ground game. But I think Hogan's going to have a great game. I'm not. Ryan has. Has Gordon ranked as, as wide receiver 48, which is borderline playable, borderline flexible? I don't have him yet ranked because of the hamstring issue, and this is week one in a complex offensive scheme. Yes, Josh Gordon is a very talented wide receiver, but I'm not playing him this first week on the team that I have him. So um, I'm going to table my expectations for Gordon. And then Gronkowski, look, I think last week – Against a very talented Jaguars team, it was a little bit of a fluke. Gronk's going to get back in this. Um, probably going to score another touchdown. Gronk's going to do what Gronk does. Gronk smash probably in this game. Uh, so we'll move over to the Detroit Lions. We're 0-2, losing to the Jets. We lost to the Browns. What does that say about the Detroit Lions? Um, but Stafford, uh, I have still as a quarterback one uh, because – I think the Lions are going to get down late, and they're going to have to throw the ball. This is not a team that's that's built with defense or built with a running game, so they're not really going to be able to control the ball. Even if they are ahead, they're going to have to throw the ball through the air to move the ball. Um, Riddick is a playable running back. He's the only one that I would really be interested in playing this week. He's been involved in the passing game and in a game where they're going to have to throw even more, could be more involved. Um, I currently have Riddick as a running back four um, because the wide receivers in Tate, Jones, and Galladay are the most involved in this offense, clearly by far. So I love those three way more than I like Riddick. Um, I have all three... Uh, Detroit Lions wide receivers uh, in my top 27. Tate, I have at 16. Uh, Marvin Jones, I have at 21. And Galladay, I have at 27. Now, I still like Galladay to outscore Marvin Jones, but Marvin Jones still has the uh, the name recognition caliber type of receiver, uh, probably has a little bit more chemistry with Matthew Stafford. Uh, and Galladay is still a young receiver. So, yes, Galladay has been very involved the last two weeks, uh, but I am still going to temper those expectations as much as I love Galladay. Um, Tate, 16, Jones, 21, Galladay, 27 uh, for this week. 
Um, but I, well, I would not be shocked if Galladay outscores the other two as he's done uh, already so far this season uh, with his production. And so a little bit of a taste for those of you who have uh, players in the Monday night game, Ben Roethlisberger, Fitzpatrick. Um, Monday night's game, I believe, is going to be the second or th- third highest scoring game of the week. I think uh, number one uh, is going to be the Chiefs game because they're throwing the ball over the field. I think Garoppolo from San Francisco is going to have a great game. I'm going to put this as the second highest scoring game of the week. Um, Pittsburgh put up a bunch of points against the Chiefs. Tampa Bay has been throwing the ball all over the field. I picked up Fitzpatrick to be my starter this week and sat Drew Brees, or sorry, sat uh, Phillip Rivers. Um, but I think that's going to be a high, a high scoring game. Any player that you have in that Monday night game, feel comfortable that they're going to score. Antonio Brown, Schuster, Connor, Roethlisberger, Fitzpatrick, Evans, Deshaun Jackson. Chris Godwin, possibly. Uh, obviously, I wouldn't start Peyton Barber if he didn't have to. Uh, I'd look for some other options throughout the week. Um, but that really wraps up our show tonight. So I want to thank you guys for listening to the solo show tonight. Um, we'll be back uh, for the first game Monday where we're going to talk about the Kings and Sting, Kings and Stings. Uh, and the uh, the best player so far for the week, and then cover that Monday night matchup a little bit more in depth. Uh, once again, we want to thank you guys for listening, taking the time to hear our thoughts uh, and, and believe in what we're providing and the value that uh, that we're providing for you guys, kind of uh, letting us into your fantasy football world. We really appreciate and thank you for, for opening us up to, to that opportunity. Once again, hit that subscribe button on YouTube and iTunes. Uh, Thank you guys for listening and have a good week. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues. from dad <clears throat> all right save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with progressive can i take these off all right what is this this looks good wow that's well made where did you get this i'm talking to you with the hair yeah where did you get this it's good stuff that's solid that's not veneer that's solid stuff progressive can't save you from becoming your parents but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Wherever you go, however you go, for energy on the go, it's got to be 5-Hour Energy. It works fast. It works long. It tastes good. And with zero sugar and four calories, there's nothing holding you back. Fits your pocket. Fits your backpack. Fits your on-the-go life, whether you're going to work, going on vacation, or just going out with friends. 5-Hour Energy. Energy on the go. For more information, visit 5hourenergy.com.